Hey everyone, welcome into this episode of Lab Rat Chat. This episode is going to be a little bit different and something we may start doing from here on out, maybe once a month for now. And then if we, depending on popularity, maybe we'll start doing it twice a month. But the idea here is we have no guests. It's just Danielle and I, and we're just going to talk about some current news and events and trends going on related to the field of animal science, animal research, animal medicine. So that's just the idea to put out additional episodes for you guys to listen to outside of our normal interviews with guests. We're going to keep doing the episodes with guests, of course, and we have some plans that are going to be coming out soon. But for now, at least for the month of December, too, it's also hard to schedule with the holiday and everyone's out of work. And or I mean, you know what I mean? Out of work in the sense that they're gone for the holidays, not out of work. So this is our first episode. I also want to, as with every episode, I just want to throw out the make sure if you're listening liking the show just go on social media and follow us on we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on facebook just google lab rat chat you can find all of that if you find our website there's links to it all sign up for our newsletters on americans for medical progress webpage and we also have the lab rat chat store but the lab rat chat store we have sweatshirts mugs t-shirts masks surprisingly that's our most popular item i think but anyways getting into the meat of the show really is um, I think the biggest thing in the news this week definitely is the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, luckily, is that that's in the news? I haven't noticed it was in the news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just occasionally. I think it's on like the, the, the late night news. Potentially. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll have to look I into that. Where I saw it. Yeah. Um, and so, but we've talked about the vaccine development process quite a bit on this podcast. We even had people from Texas Biomed on the podcast. So go back and listen to those. And they were talking about some of the developments they were doing and some of the testing they were doing. And Texas Biomed actually had a pretty big involvement in testing specifically, I believe, the Pfizer vaccine. And that Pfizer vaccine, regardless, the point I want to make here is regardless of what you heard in the media between March and now from certain groups that were saying animals weren't needed for the development of this vaccine because it was a new novel, you know, mRNA vaccine that animals weren't needed. But we know, it's very well known, that mice and monkeys both were needed for the development of this vaccine for the Pfizer one and the Moderna one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's, I mean, I'm really excited. I'm happy we have at least, at least immediate help for our healthcare frontline folks. You know, the vaccine is on their way to them. Um, I don't know when it'll be available for regular Joe Schmoes like you and I, but um, I'm excited there's... At least, I don't know, a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> maybe we'll be able to be normal again soon, maybe? Yeah. Whatever your definition of normal, normal. is and right. what your definition right. of soon is. <laughs> Although I don't, a lot of people do throw around the new normal term. And I just don't, I don't like the new normal term. No. You know, I think we can get back to our actual normal. Yeah, and I think that's, current, current that's normal. the goal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Current normal for COVID times. And then we can get back to re- regular non-COVID normal. Hopefully soon, which I'm hearing all sorts of ranges from, you know, March until the end of next year or potentially afterwards. Yeah. So fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We should probably also say that anything we say on this podcast, I mean, we are reading articles and we are finding information for you guys to talk about for these episodes. But I mean, we're not 100% fact checking everything that we say. Right. Right. And so if we say anything that's wrong, I mean, Feel free to call us out on it too. Yeah, I'm please. totally okay with that. Yeah. Um, we definitely want to make sure we're getting the right information out there to you guys. Um, 
And I also had read too about this vaccine that they acquired um, a lot of the data that they acquired from the MERS outbreak back in uh, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah, that's the MERS was also a coronavirus, and the data they got from studying that virus, they're able to apply that knowledge into developing a vaccine for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. So, so one cool helped. thing, yeah, one cool thing that I I like to bring up when I talk to people about this vaccine because you know it's new technology, it's the mRNA. So you can actually Google, which is what I did. Um, there's a woman named, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, Catalin Carico. Um, she has been researching mRNA since I think the early 1990s. And she was, she, if you look up her history, she's just been trying left and right to get grants and, you know, get people to buy into this, that she just knew that this was going to be helpful technology moving forward. And everyone was kind of like, oh no, you know, we already know how to make vaccines. We already know how to do this. And she kept getting like doors shut in her face and she just wouldn't stop doing the research that she believed in. And actually, again, referencing Wikipedia, which is not like the best source, but it says that she, (laughs) she even, um, I guess she didn't get tenure at her university and was even sort of demoted, but she still stood by this mRNA technology. And then finally, I think in 2012, um, they sort of had a a breakthrough in the research that made the mRNA stable when it was injected into a human or into an animal at least. Um, And the research kind of took off. And so even though this is new technology and it looks like we got this vaccine within less than a year, there have been people who have believed in this technology and been working on perfecting it for a lot longer than just one year. So it's new to the little little people out there, little me and little Jeff, you know, we don't, we haven't seen all the behind the scenes work, but, um, you know, people have had this knowledge and this technology for quite some time. This is just the first time I think it's been, you know, fast tracked for a human vaccine, but they, they feel, they feel confident it works. It went through the whole process. It was tested in animals. It was tested in clinical trials for people, you know, FDA reviewed it. Um, I think all the, all the check marks are, are there for knowing about this technology. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point to bring up, especially because everyone is saying, oh, this is new. You know, we've never seen this before. We've never tested it. But I mean, she's built and struggled with her entire career with this technology and people not believing in it and that it could actually work. I mean, they saw that the potential was there to do amazing things. But like you said, it kept getting rejected by the immune system. And they, whenever they put it in an animal, the animal saw it as foreign and the immune system rejected it. But they, like you said, so somewhere back in I think it was 2012, they, they figured out how to yeah. stabilize it. And so they've had this, this ability for quite some time. Um, so I, I just think it's totally cool that, you know, she stuck to her guns. She knew her research was worth something. She didn't take all of the door shutting in her face, as, you know, to maybe move in a different direction. She stuck with it. And now her name is really, I don't know, should be broadcast as one of the people who really helped hopefully end this pandemic. Yes. I mean, I've already heard too, or read in some articles that, I mean, about the potential for Nobel Prize in chemistry for the development of, you know, it's just a synthetic messenger RNA molecule. So it'd be a Nobel Prize in chemistry, I guess, but putting her name. And there's also the co-founder, a co-developer as well, who I'm sorry, I can't remember his or 
her Drew, name, but uh, the two of them. Drew Weissman, I think. Yeah, but, Weissman yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, we can we can put her name in our show notes if people wanted to like look her up and just get her story to kind of I don't know highlight women kicking a, butt in science, <laughs> right? And especially just sticking to your guns. I mean, so many people will change the focus of their research in order to get grant funding. And she's, I mean, she said in that article that I think you were referencing, she kept, you know, everybody was telling her, like, no, we're not going to fund you. No, we won't come to fund you. And she kept applying and they kept saying no in different, different agencies and, and, you know, private funding and everything. And she couldn't, they couldn't get the funding. But so, I mean, yeah, props to her for sticking to technology that she believed in and had developed and look at where we are now, you know, now, now we're we're happy. She, Stuck to her guns. <laughs> Saving the world now. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that just lends itself to, you know, everyone saying, oh, this is new. Well, new to us. Other people have known about it and been working on it. So, I mean, I have a little, it kind of gives me a little more faith to know the timeline truly of this mRNA, um, you know, research and technology. Right. Yeah. They've been working on it forever. Um, basically, I mean, almost our entire lives because yeah. she's been working on this. Yeah. So, um, which I mean, also kind of, I guess, brings me to my next point of just vaccination hesitation. So I received a little bit of feedback from one of our episodes recently that I I must have said something about, I didn't go back and listen to it, about hesitating to take the vaccine, right? And so I'm not a vaccine skeptic at all. And I have hesitation in everything that I do. Um, And I think I believe everyone should go out and take this vaccine, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, wondering if it's 100% safe and effective. And I 100% trust the process of what it takes for a vaccine to go through animal trials, human clinical trials, and then release for the public. And this vaccine, just like every, every other product, you know, medical therapeutic vaccine drug that we have out there has gone through the process. And I 100% and I'm confident in those and would take them. My hesitation, I think what it was stemming from in that one episode was just in general, for one, the first thing of anything that comes out, I'm always like, yeah, it's like, great. I could be looking, looking forward to like a new, you know, electronic, like Xbox or something, right? Coming out and it finally releases. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll wait for the second batch to come out just in case there's a, there's a glitch and I'm not saying there's a glitch with this, but then, you know, so, so I just, that's just like my general nature. That's who I am. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And I'm not a skeptic. I would still look forward to potentially taking this vaccine later. My second one was potentially was at Guillain-Barre in college. And there's, if you don't know, it's like an autoimmune disorder that affects your nervous system, your peripheral nervous system. And so I was basically like, paralyzed while my myelin sheath around my nerves like regenerated. And then that finally came back. It was like a temporary paralysis almost. Um, I had a mild case of it. Some people get it to the point where like their diaphragm is paralyzed and they can't breathe and they have to be on a ventilator and all that. So luckily that didn't happen to me, but I was still um, in a wheelchair in a little bit for, for a little bit while I was in, in college, just for like a couple months. So nothing bad at all, but it's like a, Apparently, it's like the chicken pox to you, according to my neurologist. It's like a thing that you get it once and doesn't come back. So um, I don't have like residual side effects. Like you would never know that I had it. But that being said, my neurologist also said, just so you know, don't get the flu vaccine 
ever, ever again. And I guess there's something out there. And if you're a doctor or a physician, or maybe you're just somebody that really knows a lot and you know why you're not supposed to get the flu vaccine after you've had Guillain-Barre, that'd be great information for me to know. Because I've asked, I went to two doctors to find out specifically why or what would happen if I got it. And I didn't get a clear answer from either of them. So I think it's just like an assumption, right? It's like you can get Guillain-Barre from the flu vaccine. So if you've had it, maybe just don't get it because maybe it could cause some sort of reaction or cause it to come back and it's not not worth the risk. And so, and so I have that same hesitation with this. My kids get the flu vaccine. My wife gets the flu vaccine. I'm going to encourage my kids and my wife to get this vaccine. So that's, that's where that stemmed from a little bit. And don't, don't go worrying that if you get the flu vaccine, you're going to get Guillain-Barre. <laughs> yeah, most people have never heard it. Yeah, if you read the pamphlet about the flu vaccine, it's like, you, it's like in the weeds of the tiny print, like Guillain-Barre. It looks like it's two French scientists, I think is what's named after the, the disorder. And that's where the name comes from. Yeah, good point. Flu Still shots get, are good, get yeah. the flu vaccine as well. And right. like I said, my family gets it and I encourage everyone to get it. Yeah. And I encourage my own family to get it. And they do every year. So I think the most important, you know, if you have hesitation about this new vaccine, talk to your doctor. I mean, I am guilty of going to Dr. Google, which we all know nobody should ever Google anything relating to medical advice. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just talk to your doctor if you're concerned or have questions or want to know if it's, you know, the right fit for you. Cause you never know, like Jeff's story that he just told us. Maybe you do want to wait a little bit before you get it if you have a condition that you're only you and your doctor know about. So, but to Jeff's point, I trust the process. I, I personally feel this will be a good, good thing for society. Um, you know, but talk to your doctor. Yeah. Good point. Don't, we are not medical advice by any means. We're both just two average people making a podcast podcast and talking about, you know, this field that, that we're both involved in and that, that interests us. So it does not give us, you know, any um, credence and the ability to offer any sort of any sort of medical advice because I mean I'm clueless on most of it to be honest with you. So you're not even a vet yet. You're only a half of a vet. <laughs> right. And even that's just animals, you know? So don't take human, right. don't take human advice from me. Uh, I'd be hesitant okay. to take vet advice from from me at this point, you know. Right. I still have to like Google stuff when things are no, going you're on not with my dog. To Google it. I yeah, I still do though. <laughs> I mean, it's human nature. It's just so easy. Yeah. The last point I think about the COVID-19 stuff, one positive that's really come out from all of this is, although there's been the articles out there about the animals haven't been, you know, needed for the development of this vaccine, I think most of us out there, you know, are realizing that the animals are necessary. And so the trend of public perception regarding the use of animals and for biomedical research has gone up during this pandemic. So I think it's, um, you know, last year's polling figure was 51% like um, approval. And now that's gone up. So it's also the highest that it's been now since 2015, which isn't all that long ago. Yeah, because we're up to what, 56% um, of people kind of feeling like medical testing on animals is, you know, morally acceptable and needed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah, it was 51% said morally acceptable in 20, um, I guess. 19? This is last year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, good point. Yeah. Minus <laughs> We're not in 2021 20, yet. 20, minus one. <laughs> yeah, 2019. So, but that's one positive. 
to look at. I mean, it's not the hugest study. I think it's for uh, it's a Gallup poll that was conducted back in May, and they only had about a thousand U.S. adults. But I mean, I think it's sort of the same number of people every year that they that they not the same people, but the same you know sample size. So yeah. it's still relative. So hey, one positive. Hopefully that number just continues to go up. We have podcasts like these and we, you know, there's lots of information being out there that's, you know, pro animal research and more people talking about it, more transparency. So that's all great. So are we going to keep talking for a few minutes? Cause we found that hilarious article about um, pandas. Do we want to talk about pandas? Yeah. We could always try to throw in some sort of funny animal science related article. Okay. And you really loved. So yeah, I'm really yeah. You're I guess these are like your two favorite things, huh? Pandas, <laughs> probably. So Jeff, food. yeah, Jeff sent me this article because we were kind of going back and forth on what we wanted to talk about today. You know, with this new episode style, and um, it's on sciencemag.org, and we can link it also. But it, the title is "Scientists Finally Think They Know Why These Pandas Like to Roll in Horse Poop." And I I don't know, it's just <laughs> hilarious. To me. So the article goes on, and it just kind of talks about. Um, you know, these pandas, it seems like they're rolling in fresh horse poop less than 10 days old, and it's giving them this false sense of warmth through the winter. And there was another study, like a controlled study that was done in mice with the same compound that they found in the horse poop. And the mice also seemed to show this same like warming sensation where they were more comfortable to walk on cold surfaces and, you know, maybe not, um, you know, huddle together as much. And the article, I just think it's so funny. But then you get to the bottom and the skeptics say, you know, if if a panda is falsely thinking that they're warmer, that's almost like potentially suicidal because they're still going to be cold. They just don't realize how cold they are. So it, it the article describes both sides of the view. And I just think it's so funny because I grew up um, riding horses. And I can also tell you that like, dogs love horse poop so maybe these pandas just are drawn to the smell of horse poop and want to rub it on them um i've i've had dogs that prefer to eat frozen horse poop i know this article is about fresh horse poop but um those fro frozen nuggets they really get the dogs all excited in the winter um and i i mean i personally when i smell a horse barn it reminds me of my childhood so i like the smell of horse poop so these pandas maybe they're onto something maybe they're um, not it's a hilarious article. <laughs> I'm not sure you should have said that you like the smell of horse poop publicly, I, I but hey, if that's you. I mean, I don't, I don't like go find it and like sniff it up close, but like if we're driving through the country and there's a horse barn, I like the aroma. I will say it's, to me, it's much different than like driving by a cow farm. Cause that is not a pleasant smell. Um, <laughs> but, so like a, like a Yankee candle horse poop scent. Um, What's like, on that? It, it needs to be mixed with like some hay maybe and like grain too. Like it's in a, like a barn aroma. Fellow okay. horse riders out there, they know what I'm talking about. Okay. Everyone else can laugh at me, but horse girls, horse people, they know. They know the smell. And these pandas know the smell. We will. Yeah. We will. We will laugh. <laughs> um, and if you're wondering, so I mean, my biggest question was why is this even a thing to look at? But apparently in the China's Foping Natural Reserve, it's just something that they routinely see and they were wondering, they see them rolling around in the horse poop out there or I guess is it like wild? there's horses in the park or there's wild horses that go through. It's like a trade route. And so they were just wondering why the pandas felt the sense to, to roll around in it. Yeah. And I guess that's where, that's where the curiosity stemmed from. And of course, everyone in this field is 
you know, we all have the curious mind to get to the bottom of things and find out why. So that, that one was pretty interesting. I know it's some food for thought, you know, you can, on your, on your drive home or wherever you're listening to this, this podcast, you know, pandas and horse poop, just, you know, something to think about. Just try to lighten the mood a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, did you know that we rent or we don't, maybe rent's not the right word. We lease all of our pandas from China. Like at zoos? Like I I did not. Panda in the United States, we lease from China. And I think recently they just like the San Diego Zoo just had to send some of their pandas back because their lease was up, you know? Oh. And well, so I, I, don't know if you, cool. I don't know if you trade it in for like a new panda. No, I don't know. Jeff, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> the lease is up, so they want that panda back and you can get well, a new Well, maybe one. they, but, I don't know. That sounds kind of nice. They are very protective of their panda. Pandas. Yeah, I just never knew that. They, no, I was one. I had took a zoo class last semester, and they brought that up in the class. And they just said it like it was common knowledge, like everybody knew. So maybe everybody listening to this is going to be, like, duh, you know? Right? <laughs> Could Obviously, be. we lease our pandas from China, but something I n- never knew. So good, uh, you know, good random trivia fact, party knowledge, party conversation yes. to bring up. Well, I guess. And once the vaccine gets widely distributed, or, and you can go back to parties, or you know, if you have like a Zoom, a Zoom Christmas party, or a Zoom any holiday party, um, <laughs> just yeah. throw out some random facts. Right. So, anyways, well, I mean, I think those are really the only two stories we wanted to talk about today. I think the vaccine was the big one. I wanted to definitely address, you know, any previous hesitation if anyone was concerned about anything I had previously said, and then I just wanted to also focus on the vaccine and how animals have played such an important role. And we need to, you know, make sure the animals get the credit here for helping the development of the vaccine. Yeah. So, and we can, we can put some of these, we can put pandas and horse poop in our show notes too, right? Cause everyone's yeah. going to want to read about this. Uh, everything <laughs> for sure. Everything we talked about will be in our show notes for everyone to go listen to. Cool. And if, and let us know if you made it this far in the episode, let us know what you think, if we should keep doing these, um, just once a month. I mean, we'll have more stories in the future. There's definitely enough stories that come out related to animal research and science and discoveries that we can definitely talk about it once a month and give you guys kind of an update and a, a way to stay current in the field of, you know, animal science and research and what's going on out there. So that's the goal moving forward. And I like it. so, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this first edition of Lab Rat Chat. I don't whatever we're going to call it. News episode. Well, new, yeah, and, uh, news edition. It could be the news edition. The, the new edition of the news new, edition? News news, <laughs> news edition. All right. Well, we'll is, figure that know, out. I will, is, we'll take, hey, we could take um, ideas from listeners too, because we don't know what to call these little sub episodes. So give us, give us ideas. Yeah. yeah help us name it. N- nobody's listening anymore at this point. I know. We've gone but off the rails. Anyways, it's getting out of control. So, but with that, if you are, out there listening, make sure you rate, review our show. That's the biggest thing that helps, you know, visibility of our podcast. Get out there, buy yourself some Lab Rat Chat gear. You know, take pictures of the gear that you buy, put it on social media. We might even have a contest coming up soon for people that have bought gear. You know, take take a picture of it, post it, and maybe we'll do like a some sort of gift card or maybe send you something of your choosing from the Lab Rat Chat store. Something like that. So go check that out. Um and email us, which we've been getting emails lately at libratchat at gmail.com. You know, you can give us your feedback if you have questions for us. You know, we always enjoy those emails and enjoy taking the time to answer and respond to you guys. So thanks everybody for listening. And we look forward to 
future episodes of this. And of course, we'll continue doing our routine, regular interview episodes with guests. Awesome. Thanks, guys. 